0: We are speaking now with Ryan Al Yousafi. Ryan recently wrote a blog post entitled The Transformation of Saudi Arabia's Public Diplomacy for the University of Southern California Center for Public Diplomacy, which caught our attention here on the 966. Ryan is a PhD student at the University of Bournemouth in the UK working on soft power and public diplomacy and received his masters in international communications at St. John's University, the Red Storm in New York City and his bachelor's from King Saud University and started his career out as a filmmaker in Saudi Arabia which is super cool. Ryan, welcome onto the 966.
1: Thank you so much. I'm I'm really glad to be here with you and it's a pleasure to be with you. Especially that 966 is for me, a perfect way uh, or a, f- a perfect uh, forum for of public diplomacy because you guys do not only do research on Saudi Arabia, but also communicate and amplify voices from Saudi Arabia. So, this is a really great opportunity for me. Chakran.
0: We're excited to have you. And, and um, we always like to feature young Saudi scholars, which you are a young Saudi scholar. And uh, and as Lucian mentioned, those the, the articles you wrote for the University of Southern California uh, Center for P- Public Diplomacy were notable because we talk about public diplomacy here on Sunday, on the nine six six frequently. We talk about how it's evolved and changed. We haven't seen a lot of analysis of it. So anyway, when we when this came out, we were excited to 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 get you on the show. But let's talk a little bit about you. Um, you're you're currently at Bournemouth. Uh, working on your PhD but you were also previously you had a career as a filmmaker in Saudi Arabia is this? can you tell us a little bit of tell us a little bit about how you went from there to where you are now
1: sure uh so I started my interest like right after high school I was interested in filmmaking and my interest was about really storytelling and for me watching movies uh growing up I see there is really lack of representation of any Saudis Uh, and if we are represented we are really represented as either Arabs or Muslims and then so we you know we have this intersection of identities Uh, so as we as I see our representation in movies is just really different than our reality I was I developed that interest in representing our telling our own narrative to the world and as you know, uh, in Saudi Arabia, we had no career for filmmaking really, uh, as there wasn't any uh, movie theaters or film schools. So I decided to do the closest thing in my bachelor degree uh, to filmmaking, and that was media studies. So I did uh, media study in uh, King Saudi University in Riyadh, and I knew I knew like since I started my bachelor that I want to pursue my. Uh, Postgraduate graduate degree uh, that is master and then the PhD, because I'm also interested in the the representation of the people. So I wanted to research it more than just making films. So after my bachelor degree, I worked, uh, I wanted to do like have some experience, work experience. I worked on a um, production house in Riyadh, where we do mostly like corporate films and advertisements. And I worked like in different roles as a filmmaker, for about like a year and a half. And then I came the opportunity to study my first, my English language where I studied it in Los Angeles. And then I moved to New York to do my master's in international relations and did my, I tried my best to, to design my program and incorporate uh, classes and courses on or related to public diplomacy. Because that' what I wanted to do, because I think public diplomacy, although it's focused on foreign policy of countries, but has really implication and elements where it represents people of that country or that culture. So um, I did graduate from uh, St. John's University, and then I did um, I started looking for uh, programs where I do my PhD, and my focus was really on what supervisors that can help me conduct my research uh and that's how i ended up in Bournemouth university where i have like really amazing uh supervisors
0: um and you you sort of bookended 2023 with two interesting articles again for the usc uh center for public diplomacy first one in january called the sacred journey saudi arabia's and i love this word it's a very it seems like a very gen z word Saudi Arabia's come soft power and its burden, Um, and I had to look it up. I mean, it's seems perfectly logical. I just never seen the word before. Um, Essentially, this means unreachable and accessible and attackable. But uncombatable, you know, you know, summarizes it nicely. And then, just uh, last month, an interesting article: the transformation of Saudi Arabia's public diplomacy, and we sort of want to unpack these you know aspects of these two articles uh with you and and looking at the one you wrote in in december you note the saudi arabia's soft power and public diplomacy quote remain underexplored unquote can you sort of give us a big picture and then we'll start to drill down on what you mean by that
1: yeah sure uh so in saudi arabia the the concept of public diplomacy as a concept as this term is relatively new uh we started to hear public diplomacy just in probably uh I think in two, 2017, when the government uh established the agency of public diplomacy within the foreign uh within the foreign uh foreign affairs ministry. Uh so uh and we don't really the research that we do and we have in Saudi Arabia's public diplomacy is really an observation of what our objective views of what the saudi government is doing but we don't know how the saudi uh the saudi government and saudi officials really conducting Uh, public diplomacy and what is their view and their purpose of public diplomacy. So this is still really under research. We don't really know much about it, especially that is public diplomacy as a concept was developed and uh, evolved in the United States during the Cold War. So we are currently really applying this concept that was evolving and was coined to describe the United States' effort in public diplomacy and then applying it on Saudi Arabia. So I'm trying to say maybe uh there is different elements we need to hear from Saudi Arabia. We need to examine practices within Saudi Arabia and then see how it is maybe similar or different than what we know about public diplomacy currently.
0: Um you said traditionally it it has it has prioritized traditional diplomacy but we will we'll, we'll get into that. One of the really interesting things that I think your writing has gotten into that most Westerners, anyway, aren't alert to, is let me take a a, a quote from this recent article, and a quote, in the Muslim world, the Saudi public diplomacy was mainly driven by Islamic values. The conservative segment of Saudi society was predominantly involved in advocating for and and implementing initiatives to connect with Muslim politics. Um, Can you elaborate on this? and in terms of where the focus was and and i think it 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 seems what you're saying is not only did it did this uh sentiment impact where the focus was but also how diplomacy was conducted
1: uh yeah so uh especially within like the muslim world uh saudi arabia as a government has always preferred uh not like traditional public diplomacy uh it has worked perfectly for them and then uh, they didn't really feel the need to do public diplomacy if traditional diplomacy just works fine and for uh the muslim uh or for the like the religious really cons extra conservative and uh, uh segment of the saudi uh society who had really uh Platform and power within Saudi Arabia. Their approach to uh, other Muslims and other uh, cultures is to serve Islam and to serve uh, their really uh, interpretations of Islam and uh, promote or preach uh, their views. Uh, so in that in that in that sense, it is not really public diplomacy as they don't really uh, prioritize the foreign policy of the country but rather they prioritized uh, the spreading of islam teaching and their views and interpretations of islam uh, and it, it for for the most part the government uh, worked fine with it and as we we were quite close country and then we rely almost totally on oil so there wasn't really need to open up the country and that was pretty much un- remains until 2016. You mentioned um,
0: you mentioned um, that there's a sentiment in terms of sort of prioritizing the Arab and Islamic worlds and, you know, service to Islam and part of the country. So as you say, it's not necessarily public diplomacy as it's traditionally practiced. Um, but you also reference sharp power. And I sort of interpreted sharp power as sort of reactionary um but you know there are, what what's what's an example of sharp power in terms of saudi arabia
1: all right so uh sharp power as a term was uh formed to describe uh a government authoritarian governments assault on democracy and uh the taking advantage of uh urban democratic societies uh and usually it is used to describe um uh, authoritarian government that are not non-democratic, non-Western. And for many cases it used uh to describe Russia and China, and also some cases describe Saudi Arabia, uh soft power, because for some researchers, uh Saudi Arabia is not really using soft power, uh, but it is using soft power tools to like assault on democracy on democracy. And for me this is uh, really an issue when we look at Saudi Arabia from that specific lens as a country that has really conducted uh assault and democracy. Uh, now, the the concept of our is describing a really phenomena that is a legit and exists, but when we describe a country only from that lens or a country or from the lens that it is conducting soft power for whitewashing or for from the lens of human rights issues, then we're eliminating any other possible interpretations of why the Saudi government is conducting public diplomacy and soft power, or, or using soft power. And also my issue with sharp power is that it, the, the difference between soft power and sharp power is that soft power evolved in the united states and describes mostly a western uh countries approach but when we look at the others we tend to use a term that has the negative connotations uh, to their practice when in fact we when we look at western countries they do and democratic countries they do actually practice sharp power sometimes and they do uh they utilize or weaponize disinformation and propaganda but so that the concept of sharp power is really predominantly described uh countries that are not western and my issue with this is i don't mind critique of saudi uh, of the saudi government if if you uh, if you think that is there is something needs to be criticized and i really interested in the push for ethical public diplomacy everywhere uh, but also my issue is that we need to be aware that there are different elements and the way we describe and paint the whole country has implication on the people and my focus really on like amplifying the the society of saudi arabia so if we really describe saudi arabia as a really extremist religious uh country or as a repressive country, so we're really saying those saudis are either oppressed people or extremists and fanatics and this is really an issue so we my issue with power is that if we need to, or if we think it is appropriate used to analyze Saudi Arabia, let's at least consider uh, the implication of it when we look at uh, about the country and its practice.
0: So you talk about some of the tools that uh, that uh, this is actually pre-2016, 2017, some of the tools that Saudi Arabia introduced, um, uh, media initiatives such as the Shark on Asset. Middle East Broadcasting Company and Al arabia Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how that, how that, how these came into play and why, and how they fit into pre 2016 public diplomacy for Saudi Arabia?
1: Yeah. So if we look, if we try to understand soft power before the concepts emerged within Saudi Arabia, we try to find practices of soft power because the practice itself predates the concepts uh so we we look at saudi arabia from its like media initiatives where it's mostly active within the uh arab countries and within the middle east so uh saudi arabia when we look at it's it, it is the most active with uh through media outlets and it has been it has the link with its security and uh security interests uh and concerns uh so uh when Prior to oil, Saudi Arabia was really uh, a poor country. It didn't have uh, financial degrees, uh, financial uh, uh, resources. So when the country nationalized its oil resources, it has uh, it, it. It's now had the ability to counter the narrative from neighboring countries, especially during uh, the Jamal Abdel Nasser uh, pre- uh, presidency in Egypt where he he took the approach of pan-Arabism and the movement of decolonization and anti-imperialism. So Saudi Arabia was really portrayed as an enemy of that project because of its relations with the United States and with the Western world. So there was like a lot of propaganda portraying Saudi Arabia as an enemy of this uh, pan-Arab movement. So Saudi Arabia, when it has finally the uh, resources to counter that narrative, it initiated the uh, circle also, or the Middle East newspaper as a pan-Arab, but with a different approach as a pan-Arab that, in a way that is concerned with uh, different voices from the Arab world and uh, the issues that faces the Arab world, but also uh, doesn't mean hostility towards the West. Uh, and then we have um, another milestone that is the MBC, which also was founded in uh, 1991 uh, during or quite, uh, quite right after the Gulf War. And then you have the uh, Al Arabiya, which was founded in the aftermath of 9 11. If you see this approach in, within Saudi Arabia, you see it as a uh, linked really to more as a security uh concerns for the for the for the government
0: so you 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 very you know clearly say that saudi arabia's public diplomacy can be divided into two periods before and after 2016. and and that there are three dimensions to it the dimensions to it there's regional islamic and international um can you expand on that? And because clearly, and, and and again, it's something we talk about here on the nine six six. We've seen a difference in how Saudi Arabia engages with the world, um, and also how it defends its policy choices. Uh, and you know, Lucia and I have been in you know tracking Saudi Arabia for you know decades. So you know, it, it's notable because there is has been a change. And then there, and and we can mark this or that. But can you talk a little bit about you know? So essentially what you're saying is public diplomacy changed after Vision 2030.
1: Yeah, so um, in 2016, the government announced, or the conference announced the uh, uh, 2030 Vision, and that was to diversify the economy. This is the main goal for that uh, vision. And prior to that, Saudi Arabia is really an intersection of different countries. Uh, identities, if you wish, Uh, that is, uh, it it is an Islamic country, it is an Arab, it is a Middle Eastern, and it is a a global power through its oil. Uh, And those three different elements see Saudi Arabia based on their interpretation. So Arabs see Saudi Arabia as an Arab country, so it should be be aligned with Arabs. Muslims see it as a host of the two holies site in islam so it should really uh, align with the uh, as with its islamic identity and then the west sees saudi arabia as a country that as a, the largest exporter of uh, of oil uh, and interpreted that way as a, as a global uh, actor but really for saudi arabia it has to play along these through lines uh, three different, those different identities within Saudi Arabia. Since its foundation, until 2016, Saudi Arabia, again, just preferred public diplomacy as it relies on just oil. Uh, and that was more than sufficient for the, to the government. It didn't need to open up uh, for tourists and investors. But in 2016, the government realized that we cannot really uh, remain uh, reliant on uh oil as the world moving to more uh, re- renewable energy. And uh, we have to open up the country and invest in our uh, soft power assets. And we we should uh, co- connect with the world that is the, the, the Muslims and the, the Western and also with our neighbors in the Middle East. Uh, so that is really the milestone within uh, in public diplomacy within Saudi Arabia
0: well it, it, you know there, there are interesting aspects about this and this is one of the things I, i'd like to get to just in terms of understanding because there is you're you're talking there, there 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 a mindset existed about how we approach our engagement with the world and it tended to be arab and islamic in focus and the rest of it was a little bit so we'll we'll just deal with it as it comes and it's really interesting because in your in your article um you know, sacred journey. Saudi Arabia's uncombatable soft power and its burden. It's it's about its responsibilities as as uh, caretakers of the holy places. Um, then, then you just mentioned that part of twenty sixteen was having an open up. You know, if we want to have uh, if we want to build our tourism industry, we have to become be much more attractive, much more accessible, much more in in, in communicative. Um, in that article, you say really interesting thing, which I, I've seen a lot. So you say when conservative clerks had a had a strong impact on policy and Saudi making profiting from the Hajj was regarded as immoral, religious tourism was for was a forbidden concept. Unquote. My point being is, is is part of 2016 was shifting this paradigm about what it is you're supposed to be doing as caretakers. Um, and I think I I would like for our listeners to understand that that this sort of conservative element where you don't you know, in Islam, to bring attention to a good deed is to diminish it. And I think that in, you know, for good Muslims, very much you don't talk about what you do, which is which is sort of the antithesis of public diplomacy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And so so when you're looking at, okay, we you know, here's here we have pilgrims. We have two to five million pilgrims a year. You know, how can we expand this and how can we use this as a as a foundation for our expanding tourism and hospitality industry? Uh, when, in fact, you're not even supposed to be looking at it that way. So you, there's been some paradigm shifts. Can you talk about that as as you moved into Vision 2030 compelled these paradigm shifts, correct?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, true. So there, there has been really push and advocacy or resistance to any way of using any islamic sites. saudi arabia has like really rich historic uh sites and uh, cultures uh related to islam and there has been really a push against using this uh to to it to the world and to other muslims who would who would most likely be interested to see it Uh, but the conservative or extra conservative within the saudi uh uh, society who had that power uh, to advocate against it, uh, their rationale was to really adhere to the basic uh, uh, and fundamental uh, traditions of Islam that is reported in Quran, the Holy Book, or uh, through the, the Prophet, peace be upon him. And so they rejected any ideas of having uh of having uh, pilgrims who come every year in millions to Saudi Arabia to see a different aspects of the Saudi culture, for example, or uh, different sites that related to Islam, the Islamic history in Saudi Arabia, or even visit cemeteries. Uh, uh, so they really wanted it to be re- restricted only to uh, the Islamic uh, rituals and not really expand on that but after 2016 the country said no we don't have to be this strict about islam we should be proud about the our our history and then showcase to the world and then uh, even uh uh reserve our uh islamic culture and show show it to the world so this this new approach uh uses uh or or take advantage of uh, the millions who come to Saudi Arabia to show them, like, or to give them the option to see different uh, aspects within the Saudi culture and uh, the historic Islam that is not really just specific to the rituals of pilgrimage.
0: Well, and, and one aspect of it is opening up interest in and in sites that are pre-Islamic, which you 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 know was was not you didn't see really much in the past um, because there's such a rich, long history in terms of human, uh, human existence, you know, throughout the, the Arabian Peninsula. Um, uh, so, 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 so you have a mindset change here that's going on with vision 2030. How else do you think it manifested itself? We talk um, here, um, about, we sort of mark some of the public diplomacy change from the Alula declaration in January, 2021. Because it seems just from the outside to us non-experts that there was a distinct change in focus and say, we, we want, you know, our purpose is here is de-conflict, de-escalate. Let's engage with everybody instead of being confrontational or allowing confrontation to, con- to continue. Let's address these issues. And they've been very active on all fronts, now, obviously in Qatar, but Turkey and, and Iran and elsewhere trying to de-escalate. Is this all part of the Vision 2030, new public diplomacy?
1: Uh, yeah, true. So um, Saudi, the Saudi government know for a fact that they there is no way to implement the goals of Vision 2030 with without like uh, initiating peace with everyone and then uh, initiating uh, or guarantee security within the region. So the Saudi government uh, is now reaching uh, in dialogue with. Everyone, uh, so you see, uh, back uh, normalizing relations with Iran, and currently now even with the Houthis, who have been like in a war with uh, with Saudi Arabia, and really sending rockets uh, to Saudi Arabia, uh, to uh, to find a peace in Yemen, and Saudi Arabia is engaging with a dialogue currently in in Yemen uh, to uh, to find a solution. Uh, so, and also the, the the pre-Islamic sites in Saudi Arabia is also not directed to to the Muslims, but also to, to everyone else, to the Western world and everyone else in the world, to see uh, the culture. And because if you see Al Ula or uh, Higra in Saudi Arabia, it, ha- it it is not less significant than the pyramids in Egypt or uh, the Petra in Jordan. So it it is it has been just hidden for decades in Saudi Arabia, but now we we open up uh, or the government is opening up saying that we are opening up to the world to share their different, uh, to share our rich history. And then also the government is uh, not abandoning uh, the Muslim world or the, or the Arab world uh, at the expense of just opening up the country. So you see initiatives like uh, or moderation that is pushing for uh, a really moderate uh, discussions and dialogue and open up uh, discussion with different paths, uh from within the Muslim countries to other uh, people.
0: So you're earning your doctorate in communication and media studies. And um, you referenced the establishment of a new office in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in 2017 that specifically, you know, address the the Public Diplomacy Agency. What is Saudi Arabia doing better or worse than they had previously?
1: Uh, I think the the fact that we are trying, at least, now. uh, The practice itself is new, so we have a lot to do and to improve in Saudi Arabia, uh, but the the government is now opening up the country finally. So we have, uh, we interact with foreigners who visit as a tourist. That was uh, something that does, didn't exist before uh, the, for 2019 actually. Uh, and then, uh, so we're trying to reach out to the world, trying to invite, invite them to see Saudi Arabia. And for me, this is really important because you no longer hear from about Saudi Arabia from the media or from the government of Saudi Arabia even you hear uh, from about Saudi Arabia from Saudis when you visit them and when you talk and engage with them this is really important because in that way you really uh, have really uh, an interpretation or accurate interpretation or representation of the Saudi society and the Saudi culture, rather than seeing it just from the government or from uh the religious sector.
0: That's sort of the 966 in a nutshell. <laughs> we 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 agree with you 100 <laughs> uh, percent Always best to hear from uh, from Saudis who are you know familiar with the with right. the issue. So we're talking a little bit about and maybe this is an area we, we can expand on we're talking about a mindset. We're talking about the evolution of a mindset. We're talking about an approach that really was forced by need, in terms of vision twenty thirty. You know, if you lay out your plans for vision twenty thirty, in order to achieve them, you simply can't be a closed society. You can't be a non communicating society. You have to be a welcoming, engaging society. Some place they want to visit. Some place people want to invest. Some people, the place that people are comfortable coming to. Um, there's also you know the area of i don't know what we would term it high politics you know and this is where saudi arabia you know makes choices after um you know russia invades ukraine to maintain relationships with russia uh you know this is a a world where you know saudi arabia joins BRICS, um while also maintaining good relationships with the west and the u.s while also you know you know having discussions about normalization and and other things, but essentially trying to absolutely engage in a different way at a higher level because it sees itself differently, sees itself more as a middle power now, as a nexus for Asia, Africa, Europe. Can you talk a little bit about that sort of high politics side of it?
1: Uh, Sure. So the the government is based on my observation of the government uh, conduct is is trying to really open up to everyone and not really just be strictly to uh, towards like just the West and abandoning abandon anyone else. So the country is trying that trying to say to the world that we are willing to engage and work with everyone for a better uh, uh, international relations and better security for the Middle East because otherwise if you don't work with, and engage with everyone and try to bridge gaps between different powers, then you are just uh, not achieving any security in, in the Middle East. Uh, you're just uh, being a place or a field of, of powers uh, trying to dominate the, the the region. So Saudi Arabia is saying, no, we can work with everyone and we can uh, find uh, Bridges and work with the West or the United States, while also uh, find ways to engage with uh, Ukraine. Uh, and yeah, this is how I th- I see Saudi, the Saudi government is just trying really hard to engage with everyone. Uh, and, and we'll see if that works or not. Uh, we'll see. But this is the approach that we're seeing currently from the government.
0: So you're a, you're you're deep into media and communication studies. You have a background as a filmmaker, so you're very familiar with narrative, and you know how important narrative is. What would you say that today's Saudi Arabia's narrative is today to the world?
1: Um, for me, I think it is um, the main narrative that is coming from Saudi Arabia is come and see us. Uh, this is what the country is trying to do. Uh, if you see uh, interviews of officials and, uh, or uh, a campaign, you, you will see like the country's main message was come and see for yourself. We're not going to tell you anything about the, the society or the culture. We want you to just come and experience it. Because this is really important for me, also, because uh, since ever the Saudis uh was we were uh grow up knowing really about the world because we travel and we study abroad but the the world doesn't really know about us uh the world because again uh the country was strict on uh, foreign visitors uh as a tourist uh so the world did only know us through media and media really is interested in politics are really extreme uh extremists within the saudi society so it is really so the the government are the people even what they're trying to do now is kind of reclaiming that narrative because for for decades the narrative has been told by someone else that isn't saudi and, and are not saudi's but now we're trying to or at least that what i wish for that we push even harder to tell our own narrative to the world and then share it with everyone else and it is important that uh even a message if if any saudi officials watching this and then uh engage with public diplomacy is to engage saudis with foreign people and let them have discussions with each other uh so, because this is always a win-win for everyone, you understand others. You understand where they're where they're coming from, what their views of that issue. If there is an issue you're discussing, you're discussing, and also you ex- express yourself and your concerns to the other.
0: Ryan al Aljustifi, PhD student at the University of Bournemouth in the UK. Ryan joining us from the UK as well. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. We really enjoyed this conversation.
1: Thank you so much, guys. It has been a pleasure to be with you.